This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, November 21st. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, town council votes to expand water rights to Diamond Ridge, Mountain Village moves forward with for sale affordable housing, home on the Elk Range in San Miguel County, and a mountain weather forecast. A potential housing development at Diamond Ridge took an important step forward last week. What we're looking to do, and we approached Idorado months ago, and it's taken a little while to work through that process, but Idorado has considered this issue of amending the geographic water service area that was laid out or defined in that CSA, the Comprehensive Settlement Agreement, between the parties from about 10 years ago. And they have expressed a willingness to amend that geographic water service area. That's Telluride Town Attorney Kevin Geiger presenting before Telluride Town Council. In 2013, the town of Telluride and Idorado Mining Company signed a Comprehensive Settlement Agreement, or CSA, regarding shared water rights, including the water service area of the Bridalvale and Mill Creek water systems. One of the areas that was specifically negotiated between Idorado and the town was a defined water service area. And what you want to think of with the water service area is the area of the town and outside of the town where the town, pursuant to a private obligation with Idorado, this was not a state law requirement, uh, with regard to that private contractual agreement between the town and Idorado, we agreed that our Mill Creek and our Bridalvale water rights would only be used to serve a specific defined geographic area within the Telluride region. Now the town of Telluride is looking to amend that agreement so it can provide water to a potential development at Diamond Ridge. This doesn't mean that the town will provide the water. This just means that the agreement with Idorado would be amended to allow the town to consider subsequently providing that water to these discrete properties. So there's there's a two-step process here. But the first step is you have to amend the CSA, the Comprehensive Settlement Agreement with Adorado. That's what this is designed to do. And then subsequently, town council would consider an ordinance. And that's what's required for extraterritorial service of water or sewer. And that would come back at a subsequent meeting. We're not sure when that would come back at this point in time, but sometime in the near future. In addition to the Diamond Ridge lots, the amendment would include six adjacent lots to Diamond Ridge and the Idorado Mill property. The agreement would also cap the number of possible units on the Diamond Ridge property and the adjacent lots. There is a maximum number of unit units that can be developed on both the town and county property and the six other lots that are being considered for water service. And that maximum limit is 240 units, new units. So I know there's been discussion in places that uh, a number in excess of that has been thrown around and Idorado has said, we want you to commit that the maximum among all that property will be 240 units of density. Town Council unanimously passed the ordinance to amend the Comprehensive Settlement Agreement with Idorado. Mountain Village's latest for-sale affordable housing project is moving forward. The town has owned that property since probably around 2009, and we were actually given that property as part of a PUD, which was the 109R, which is now going through a major PUD amendment. Um, So when that first came through, it was part of the PUD development agreement. So the town received Lot 644. That's Michelle Haynes, assistant town manager for the town of Mountain Village. The project, Lot 644, is in the Meadows. 
The 4.1 acre of land was originally zoned for 41 condominium units, but now that number is shifting down. We have been um, actively developing this property. We moved it through the design review process for 29 condominium units only because that's a lot of the public feedback we received that people wanted to see fewer um, employee units, even though for if, if we were wearing our developer hat, that would have been completely counterintuitive. Mountain Village is working with Triumph Development in a public-private partnership to build the units. According to Haynes, they're still working through what the deed restriction and lottery process will look like. Through this winter, we're going to be working through the deed restriction, working through uh, prioritizing um, who's eligible to, um, to purchase these units, Um, And we are really excited to, again, diversify our inventory around deed-restricted for sale units in the Mountain Village. The neighborhood will have a driveway off Adams Ranch Road with a diversity of housing types. It's very much a mix of unit types um, between studios up to three bedrooms and um, mostly a townhome configuration where you have units that are next to each other that share a wall. But we do have one multifamily building that have, I believe there are studios and one bedroom units in that building. Haynes adds it should fit right in with other housing neighborhoods in the Meadows. This is is intended to emulate the existing community that we have in the Meadows. And I would strongly encourage all people to think about the fact that this is your friend and neighbor who now has an opportunity to purchase a unit and live in the meadows. The meadows is a highly desirable place to live. Um, it's got, you know, this beautiful wetlands, you've got the chandala, um, and unique to this project as well is this project didn't ask for any height variances. We provided parking in excess of the requirement. We have a small playground that's being shown on the design plan as well. And so, again, it's it's really building out the full fabric of the Meadows community. Developers are in the process of submitting building permits, shopping around modular construction options. Developers plan to begin construction in spring 2023. Mountain Village is also currently working on an expansion of Village Court apartments and housing developments in Ilium and Norwood all on different timelines. The Uncompagre Plateau stretches across much of the region north of Telluride, beginning up in Delta and stretching south to Placerville and Ridgeway. From Montrose, it extends west to the Unaweep Canyon beyond Nucla. Speaking before the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners last week, Alyssa Kircher says the vast stretch of desert plain is home to a large herd of elk. So on. So our current estimate is about 12,500 elk based on our current models. And that incorporates our harvest data, that incorporates classification data, uh, survival estimates, several different things that all go into producing that estimate. So it's not perfect, but it's pretty close. The herd numbered only 4,000 in 1980, but due to careful management by Colorado Parks and Wildlife, the population grew to almost 14,000 around the year 2000. Then it declined for much of the last 20 years, before seeing some recent growth. Kircher explains the population responds to how many hunting licenses the state issues for childbearing female elk or cows. Um, the early 2000s was the peak for this herd. 
And then if you've looked at the graphs, it's steadily declining, but that was mainly on purpose because we were starting to have a lot of game damage. And so we increased cow licenses. So you can see in 2017, when the population dropped to generally where we were hoping was an acceptable amount that we could decrease those cow licenses and then the population starts to rebound is what you can see in that graph. Even as hunters are eager for more game and a larger herd, Kircher says they are limited by the state of the plateau. Due to persistent drought, food is relatively scarce. Right now, we don't want to increase the population despite our hunter surveys that we do after harvest seasons. Um, They would like an increase in elk, but we don't want to increase too much based on the drought we've had. Based on the last like 20 years, it's not been ideal. So our winter range is not in the best shape. So we don't want to be irresponsible and we want to try and keep our herds to a carrying capacity that's not going to stress out that winter range. Kircher spoke to the county about the recent updated herd elk management plan. Last updated in 2006, the state frequently checks in on its game populations. Next year, the county will hear a report on deer. Kircher says Colorado Parks and Wildlife manages all number of herds. But we do them for bears, deer, elk, pronghorn, some bighorn sheep herds. Uh, We're working on making herd management plans for like the deserts that exist between Delta and Grand Junction. That'll be a plan eventually. The county commissioners do not have specific concerns when it comes to the elk population. In past winters, youth from the Ute Mountain Ute tribe have traveled to Telluride for a ski day, revisiting lands which were their own before forced relocation by colonizers. The ski days have been part of a greater reconciliation effort with San Miguel County. Recently, the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe, which is based in the Four Corners region, requested funds from the county to support future ski trips to Telluride. Speaking to the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners, Commissioner Chris Holstrom explains. Last year, the costs were quite high, particularly for lodging. And one of the things that they're working for eventually is to have it more than just once a year. This was their land. They got to hang out here all the time. Um, but this year, they, I believe they already have some commitments from the foundation and from Telski to help with uh, some of that aspect. But they um, were wondering if we could, with our Indigenous funds, if we could um, put any of that to this uh, program this year. The county keeps a fund for reconciliation projects with the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe. The commissioners agreed to designate all that remains in the fund for 2022, which was $4,000, towards the day. Commissioner Hillary Cooper adds that although she approves the funds going towards the ski day, she doesn't want it to become an annual grant because of the many projects the county is pursuing with the tribe. I don't want to see this be an annual appropriation from that fund because there are increasing needs for collaborative efforts with our tribal partners on several public lands issues that we are working on. The ski day will occur sometime this upcoming season and usually brings together Telluride youth with skiers from the Ute Mountain Ute tribe. Many Americans are in for a long holiday weekend, and Colorado Parks and Wildlife is urging everyone to take the time to get outside. In honor of Fresh Air Friday on November 25th, CPW is offering free entry into all Colorado state parks. CPW notes they hope the event, quote, encourages people to take some time over the Thanksgiving weekend to create new outdoor memories and live life outside.
International Transgender Day of Remembrance was on Sunday, November 20th. Last week, Fort Lewis College in Durango held their own memorial. For KSUT and KSJD, Clark Adamitis has this report. Oh, girls, they Students and faculty gathered at Fort Lewis College in Durango to honor the lives of transgender people who were murdered and to celebrate the living members of the transgender community. According to student engagement services, up to 35% of the student population at Fort Lewis identifies as LGBTQ. Around 9% are transgender, gender nonconforming, or non-binary. According to the organization Trans Respect versus Transphobia Worldwide, 2021 was the deadliest year on record for transgender people. Globally, 375 transgender people were murdered. 47 of those murders were in the United States. The vast majority of these murders happened to people of color. Jude Harrison is a trans man and a family medicine doctor in Durango. Harrison organized the event and discussed those lost this past year. Let's see. Not a lot of white faces, not a lot of male faces. The lack of privilege is what you see here. And the lack of privilege is not innate to who any of these individuals are. It's innate to our society that creates that. Nikki Trudietta, 31, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Durango community members, including Tyler Frakes, spent time reading the names of those lost from the past year. They included a few stories about those lives lost. Her family referred to her as a character and a completely free spirit. After graduating from high school and attending the University of New Mexico, she traveled widely across the United States and the world until her death at age 31. Rest in power, Nikki. In 2001, Frederica Martinez Jr., who identified as Two-Spirit, was murdered in Cortez. Martinez was a member of the Navajo tribe. At that time, Martinez was the youngest person to die of a hate crime in the U.S. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. Who cares if one more light goes out in the sky of a million stars? It flickers. A mass shooting at a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs over the weekend took the lives of five people and left at least 25 others wounded. As Rocky Mountain Community Radio's Morgan Neely reports, authorities suspect the horrific incident was a hate crime. First opening its doors in 2002, Club Q had long been known as a fun, safe spot for the LGBTQ community in conservative Colorado Springs. For decades, fundamentalist Christian groups in the city, such as Focus on the Family, have spread disinformation and propaganda about LGBTQ people, all while stridently opposing same-sex marriage and fighting to limit workplace protections for queer community members. One of the club's owners told the New York Times that because of the hostile climate in Colorado Springs, Club Q's location was chosen to be inconspicuous, with an entrance people could use without being seen. The Associated Press interviewed club patron Joshua Thurman at a vigil near the club on Sunday morning. Our community is shattered. This is the only LGBTQIA plus space we have in the city of Colorado Springs. Where are we going to go? Thurman says he was on the dance floor when the attack unfolded late Saturday night, just a few minutes before midnight. Barely six minutes after the alleged gunman entered the building, police had 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich in custody. 
The suspect can reportedly be seen in surveillance footage prior to the assault moving across the parking lot clad in body armor. Police recovered an AR-15-style assault rifle, a handgun, and other unidentified weapons from the scene. A longtime bartender was among those killed. Authorities credit a patron with saving perhaps dozens of lives by grabbing a handgun from the perpetrator, striking him with it, and, along with another person, subduing him until police arrived. Speaking at a press conference early Sunday morning, Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez said Club Q had been a safe space for members of the LGBTQ community to gather. Every citizen has the right to feel safe and secure in our city, to go about our beautiful city without fear of being harmed or treated poorly. I'm so terribly saddened and heartbroken. Michael Allen, the district attorney for the 4th Judicial District, which includes Colorado Springs, said Sunday morning that the case is being investigated through the lens of being a bias-motivated or hate crime. The uh, current bias-motivated crime statute in the state of Colorado provides some elevation, uh, but will not elevate beyond what will likely be charges in this case, which will likely include first-degree murder, uh, extreme indifference murder, those types of charges, which are all class one felony murder charges. Thurman, the club goer who was able to flee the dance floor and shelter in a dressing room during the shooting, told the Associated Press he doesn't know what's next for the gay community in Colorado Springs. How can we now do anything knowing like something like this can happen? Rocky Mountain Community Radio's Maeve Conran contributed to this report. For KDNK News and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Morgan Neely. In the wake of the shooting, KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports the attack comes as politicians are increasingly using anti-LGBTQ messaging in their platforms. Representative Lauren Boebert, who just won re-election, falsely and repeatedly has accused transgender people of grooming children. Republican Heidi Ganahl also used anti-LGBTQ misinformation as a centerpiece in her failed bid for governor. State Representative Brianna Titone, the first transgender lawmaker in Colorado, says that rhetoric has real-world consequences. To say the things that are just untrue for political purposes when there's real ramifications in lives that are affected by that, uh, they're just fueling the fire uh, on these issues which make somebody with a gun want to do something. She says one of the only ways to combat anti-LGBTQ messaging is to educate people on why it's dangerous. Titone also hopes the newly formed Office of Gun Violence Prevention can identify ways to prevent mass shootings. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 20 degrees. Tuesday should be mostly sunny during the day and mostly cloudy at night with a high near 40 degrees and a low around 20. Wednesday, expect mostly sunny skies with a high near 40 degrees. Wednesday night should be mostly clear with a low around 15. This has been the news for Monday, November 21st. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, Call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hi, I'm Thea. And I'm Ev. Do you know what the ultimate test of an athlete is? Winning the Mr. Olympia competition? Summiting Mount Everest? Being the fastest kids on the playground? No, it's running a 5K in a costume. With a dog. Wow! Now that's hardcore! We're here to tell you about the annual... San Miguel County Thanksgiving Turkey Trot 5K. 
It's on Thanksgiving morning, Thursday, November 25th. It is a free 5K run and walk that is a holiday tradition for the whole family. Costumes are encouraged and dogs on a leash are welcome. This event is in Ilium Valley at the intersection of Ilium Road and Sunshine Mesa Road. Racers can check in between 9 a.m. and 9.25 a.m. to get a race bib. A volunteer will check you in near the entrance to the parking lot in front of the old church camp. The raffle will be at 9.30 and runners and walkers will start at 9.45. Registration is online this year. You can register on the county website at bit.ly forward slash smc turkey trot. The deadline to register is Wednesday the 24th by 2 p.m. with no in-person registration on the day of the event. Prizes will be awarded to the fastest male, female, child 12 and under, and for the best costume. If you have any questions, you can call the Parks and Open Space Department at 970-729-1829. Thanks, and we look forward to seeing you on Thanksgiving. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You're also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.